Now I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth Sunday of Lent, also Mothering Sunday. So many themes. Mothering Sunday, when traditionally you would return to Mother Church, the church you were baptised in. So maybe I shouldn't be here today. I should be back home at St Giles Reading, where I was baptised as a baby. And in fact, I preached just three months ago on Christmas Day. Or maybe we should be at the cathedral in Clondath, the mother church of this diocese. Mothering Sunday also remembering and giving thanks for the so be it, let it be done unto me according to your word of Mary, mother of God, mother of the church. Her obedience to God's call is a lesson and encouragement for us all. Friday was, of course, the Feast of the Annunciation, the angel Gabriel's visit to Our Lady, which also means it's just slightly under nine months until Christmas. Mothering Sunday, remembering our own earthly mothers, something which can be a mixed experience. Some people having wonderful memories, others having terrible nightmares, others something in between. We also then remember those, all those, who have nurtured and cared for us. We remember too those unable to have children and those who have lost children. So many things about Mother and Sunday, so many more I could talk about. That's without reminding ourselves it's Latare Sunday, Refreshment Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Lent, hence the rose, not pink, vestments. I mentioned going back to Mother Church. Reflecting upon this reminded me that it must also cause us to reflect upon welcoming people back into the church. It reminds us of those who were once part of this Christian community, but who are no longer, for any number of reasons. Today's Gospel, the parable of the prodigal son, is a reminder of this. To me it's quite an important parable, it's a song 20 odd years ago, myself and my band recorded and had some local airplay on the radio in Reading, but that's, that's another matter. The Prodigal Son, a parable we are probably all quite familiar with. One of the sons takes his inheritance, half of everything his father owns, and goes away to squander it, ultimately ending up homeless, starving, out of money, exploited in a job, devoid of any hope. He's hit rock bottom. And at that point, he realises what he has thrown away. So he returns to his father, begging to be allowed just to be treated as a servant, no longer able to be a son, but can I just be a servant, he says. The father sees him coming, rushes to meet him, organises a wonderful feast, welcomes him back, puts on him fine clothing and a ring. And his brother, the good, dutiful son, 
throws a strop. How can you welcome him after all he's done for you? Tell him to get out. We don't want his fault here. The final line, though. We need to celebrate. He was dead. He is now alive. He was lost. He is now found. I wonder, when you think about this passage, the prodigal son, which character in it do you relate to? Is it the son who goes away, feeling everything's hopeless? That's in the words of Prizat Fraser in Dad's Army. We're doomed, doomed thinking no one could possibly ever welcome me. No one could ever forgive me because of what I've done in the past. All hope is lost. Is that who you identify with? Or maybe the father, seeing the good in everything, wanting to forgive, wanting desperately reconciliation, not being judgmental. We probably often move between the two, really. I'm hopeless. It's hopeless. I'm a worthy worm of a man. And then I forgive. Yes, of course I'd forgive. He's my son. I won't ask for a show of hands of which you relate to at this moment. But is there anyone else in that passage you might admit to yourself to relating to? The other son? It's so unfair. Look what he's done. He doesn't deserve to be forgiven. He'll only let me down again. He's never done any good. I've always said it, haven't I? He's good for nothing. I'm the one who deserves your love and attention, not him. Tell him and his sort to go away and don't come back. We don't like to consider it. But I wonder how many of us might just sometimes drift into that mindset. We know we should forgive and welcome the sinner, but, well, you know, they've done all these bad things and we don't really trust them. Just give us pure, trustworthy people in church, we pray, or in our lives. But in the parable, the Father is not like that. He is forgiving. It doesn't mean there are no repercussions. Of course there are. After all, the prodigal son has lost his inheritance. That's gone. All the inheritance is now his brother's. Nevertheless, he is welcomed back, embraced, loved, accepted, forgiven. And not begrudgingly, but exuberantly, his father well rushing out, putting fine clothes on him, killing a fatted calf, having a big celebration, music and dancing as we hear. This is, of course, a parable. It's not an account by Jesus of a situation he's been in and he's just telling, well, this is what happened on my way to work today. This is a story with a message behind it. That is the intention, it is a parable. It's to help us understand what's going on beyond the words. 
Who's the father? God. The prodigal son? The person who's walked away from God? The other son? Maybe the rest of us, actually. Who might then resent someone being welcomed back without penalty? Since we've been faithful, they should be punished for not being faithful. But have we really been faithful always? In the end, we're all sinners. We all do things to wound our relationships with God, clergy included. We all do things to wound our relationship with other people, friends, family, colleagues. And we all feel at times like the prodigal son. It's all hopeless. God couldn't possibly love and forgive someone like me after what I've done in the past. Or how can I be reconciled with my friend or my family member because of what's gone on? How, how can we go back from that, we ask? But the parable says the opposite. God is absolutely desperate to welcome back those who have drifted away, even if, or especially if, they've had it all go wrong in such a terrible way. Because God does not give up on any one of those made in his image. We are called home continually if only we hear that call and respond to it. Today's epistle from the second letter to the Corinthians reminds us of this. We are a new creation through Jesus. We are reconciled to God through Jesus. Our sins are forgiven through Jesus. Our sins are forgiven. They're gone. They're not holding us back. They're not separating us from God and neighbour. They are forgiven. Be reconciled to God. We are invited at the end of the epistle. Be reconciled to God, but also, if we look at the parable in another way, we should be reconciled to each other too. Are there any situations in your life where reconciliation is needed with loved ones? What can be done? Reflecting upon that gospel reading to move towards that reconciliation. It is something to ponder this coming week if you take the reading sheet home with you. But how about the church? As we journey through this past two years of pandemic, many people have drifted away from the church, not yet feeling it's right or okay to return, getting out of the habit of being here. Also, before that, for so many reasons, other people have gone away. Maybe we are hurt or disappointed in the way some of them left. In some cases, on the other hand, we might be relieved that they've gone. We have to work out what that means in our spiritual journey. If we're relieved, some people are no longer here. 
The Gospel reading makes it quite clear what our response should be. God welcomes, restores, forgives all those who return to him, no matter what. May we proclaim that forgiveness and welcome to those who have left. And we pray that we may welcome them back with joyful and exuberant celebration. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.